and welcome to the latest episode of the Motor Mouth podcast. Uh, today, obviously recording uh, remotely during the coronavirus lockdown. And I'm delighted to say today I'm joined by Paul Baxter, the Managing Director of Marmalade Insurance, uh, and also a member of the Motor Insurance World Conference Advisory Board to talk about a subject which is obviously very close to a lot of your hearts at the moment, and that is the motor insurance sector during COVID-19. Hello, Paul. Hello, Jonathan. So first things first, how are you keeping at the moment? Not too bad. I seem to have uh, avoided getting the virus, which is good. And um, it seems like a long time I've been working from home, but we're all getting used to it now. <laughs> I suppose that brings me to my first question, really, which is how is how is Marmalade uh, working during lockdown? How, how, have you, how have you implemented kind of BAU as BAU as possibly can be during the uh, COVID-19 pandemic? Well, as a, as a primarily digital insurer, I guess Marmalade's in probably one of the better places. Um, so the vast majority of our sales transactions and customer interactions happen digitally anyway. So <clears throat> that has made things a little bit easier for us. Um, additionally, our systems are all um, in the cloud or, or remote. So things like um, <clears throat> the call centre able to work from home remotely, all they have to do is pick up the the box that sits on the desk, the phone that sits on the desk and plug it into their router and it works just like being in the office. So um, that's that's obviously that's obviously been good for us. So we were we were up and running with no interruption to service to customers. We made the we made the switch to working from home in shifts. So uh, while some people were working and getting setting up, getting set up, then others were working in the office. But we were quickly working from home and we still are. So it's it's going well. Did you have any challenges at all uh, adjusting to the what is I suppose the new way of working? Well, I think some people had challenges with their internet speeds and and connectivity. So you know they are variable, and people living in rural areas. We're we're based in Peterborough, so some of our staff live in areas with less good internet connections, and they they struggled. Um, but actually, um, <clears throat> I think the, probably the biggest thing that people struggle with is the is missing their colleagues and the social interaction that happens in the office. We've also <clears throat> um, we've we've continued our development work. So we've um, we've delivered two big projects during lockdown. So our IT team are additionally working from home, and that that's been very successful. And what they've been telling us is that <clears throat> they're actually able to be more productive at home because they they're less distracted. So. Uh, that's worked very well. So we've launched on one big aggregator um, since uh, during lockdown. Uh, we've also switched our, our telematics services, mobile telematics during lockdown. Um, <clears throat> so that's 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 great testament to all the people on, in all those organisations who've helped us to go live during lockdown. And how about the uh, the end customer? I mean, how, how have those those interactions been? Have, have the interactions been as frequent as before? Yes, I mean the our sales volumes did drop um, during lockdown as as people um, people stopped learning to drive, stopped practicing on their parents' cars. Yeah. Uh, obviously, initially as lockdown happened, people were told to stay at home only and only leave home for specific reasons, so to go food shopping, to go to work if they were um, <clears throat> working in essential roles, if they were critical workers, um, and and other limited reasons. So. At that point, the well, and still actually, the, the advice to learner drivers has been unclear. So there's been no specific advice about learning to drive. 
So what, what we've heard back from the police when we've asked about this is, yes, it's fine to continue to learn to drive as long as you're driving for a journey that has a reason. Now, obviously, with the Prime Minister's speech <clears throat> two Sundays ago, that loosened the restrictions so people are able to drive for exercise without any restriction on the number of miles. So that's increased the number of people who are looking to learn to drive in mum and dad's car to practice with mum and dad. Um, so it's been quite difficult for customers. So they've been able to contact us. That's not been the problem. But the, the problem for our customers is that um, you can't apply for a new license, uh, provisional driving license at the moment. So anyone who's just turning driving age or just wants to start to learn to drive can't apply for that license at the moment. Uh, and that's, uh, you know, that's that, that's there's quite a pent up demand there because the, we'd expect there to be about um, 70, 75,000 driving license applications each month. And they're obviously people who are going to want to apply later. Tests have been cancelled. So driving tests were cancelled on the 20th of, um, of March and won't resume until at least the 20th of June. That's the practical tests. Theory tests have also been suspended um, and the uh, first date you can apply for a theory theory test is the 1st of June. Um, <clears throat> so, you know, th there's a massive pent up demand and our customers are calling us. Uh, the biggest challenge us is that um, some of them are calling us for advice about um, what they can and can't do in COVID, which obviously <laughs> is tricky for us because we're not necessarily the most qualified people. And, you know, even the police sometimes struggle to understand what they should be stopping people from doing and what they should not be. So it is quite tricky. Can I ask, Paul, I mean, there's also been a lot of talk about dramatic falls, particularly early on in, 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 in tr traffic on the roads, and which has obviously had an impact on claims and a reduction in claims too. Uh, have you seen many claims being made and what kind of claims have been coming to Marmalade? Yeah, we have still seen claims coming in. The The volume of claims did reduce, but it's it's coming back up again now. Um, so I think the the best measure, to my mind, of the traffic on the road is the claims that we're getting from um, breakdown customers. So we're getting data on uh, breakdown claims. So these are people who break down by the roadside and that did fall dramatically. But since falling dramatically, it's been drifting up in pretty much a straight line <clears throat> um, week on week. and um, it's getting, you know, it's not quite back to where it was before, but yeah, there certainly has been a reduction. Can I ask, obviously, you've mentioned about um, driving schools. I mean, in a socially distanced world, what challenges can we expect for driving school um, and the tests themselves? And what will the impact follow through be for, for, for insurers? Well, driving instructors are going to find it quite difficult to, um, to do their jobs Obviously, a, a driving instructor has to sit in the front passenger seat of the car when their pupils learning to drive. That's the law. Um, I'm not sure if a barrier between the driver and the passenger is going to work particularly well, because even when the car is equipped with dual controls, um, <clears throat> the, 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 the driving instructor might sometimes need to intervene and grab the steering wheel or something else. And, um, you know, they, they don't need anything in their way to stop it. <clears throat> so the advice that's been going out that I've read <clears throat> to driving instructors by their driving schools is that, yes, I mean, for the ones who are doing driving lessons at the moment for uh, critical workers, which are can still go ahead. Yes, you know, obviously wash down the car, um, the steering wheel, the controls, anything that anyone touches after each pupil and before each pupil, keep the windows open to keep um, air going through and use, uh, you know, pers personal uh, protective equipment um, where appropriate. 
you, you spoke earlier, Paul, about a pent-up kind of um, demand, I suppose, given the fact that obviously people are not being able to apply for, for driving licence. Do you see mm. any any impact from COVID-19 in the kind of short to mid-term in terms of young drivers, you know, maybe the number of young drivers on the road and their demand to get on the road, I suppose? Yeah, definitely. I mean, each month there would be about 130,000 practical driving tests taken and slightly more than that theory tests taken. Um, clearly, once restrictions are lifted, all those people aren't going to suddenly be able to take a test at once. So there's going to be um, a backlog of people who are going to need to flow through the system as they can. Um, also, some of them might have got a bit rusty in that time. So even though they had been taking driving tests or practicing with parents, um, they, they, they probably had a gap when they've been practicing less or or not at all. So they're going to need to um, uh, build up their confidence again and build up their experience again. Young people are the people who most need to drive in some situations. So if a young person is working as a critical worker in a supermarket or a hospital or <clears throat> somewhere else, uh, they need to get to work clearly. Uh, and in a world where we've been told to avoid public transport wherever possible because of the obvious um, risks associated with that, if you can't learn to drive and you can't drive, that's going to have a major impact on you. Do you think, Paul, that the, the lockdown offers motor insurers the opportunity to, to review policies and, and offerings for customers? I know there's been a lot of talk because of obviously cars being idle or on driveways about, you know, uh, kind of paying back or rebating some premium. This has perhaps led some people to look at, um, you know, pay as you go, pay by the mile, different kinds of insurance offerings. Yeah, I think the, the one thing that <clears throat> this has proven to people is, the, is that um, there is definitely a big need for flexibility on, on car insurance uh, and other insurance policies. So, um, you know, as if people, you know, might want to do things for a period of time, you know, they might want to learn to drive on mum and dad's car for a few months. They might want to pay for a policy that, you know, they pay for, as you said, pay for as they use. So pay, uh, pay on use, pay, pay per mile or usage based insurance. And those things are all things that the market's being talked about. But actually, there's now a real use case. There's a real need for customers to to get to get these sorts of products. Uh, and I think those insurers who have been flexible, who have been able to cope with lockdown well, who are thinking about developing new suitable products for their customers are the ones that are going to come out of this stronger after this is all over. So if I asked you to uh, look into that crystal ball, Paul, what do you think would be, what do you think the motor insurance landscape would look like at the end of 2020? And what major changes between now and the end of the year do you think you might see once you know lockdown is eased? It's going to be interesting to see what people do because um, even when lockdown does does lift, you know, it's not going to be lifted overnight. So people are going to have to find new flexible ways of working. Um, they're not going to be able to get all of their staff back in the office in one because there's going to be some sort of social distancing, um, certainly in the first stages of it. Um, so the question is going to be how can people serve their customers um, in, in, in a way that the customers want? You know, we've seen customer demand changing. We've seen the times that our calls are coming in changing. We've seen people phoning less in the early mornings and less in the evenings, you know, more in the middle of the day. Um, and that's you know natural when people are at home, <clears throat> if they've been furloughed or, you know, sitting at home and they've got time to do these things in that time, that's that's the obvious thing for them to do. So I think, yeah, insurance companies will change. There'll be new entrants who look to do more flexible 
things uh, more flexible things with insurance more flexible offerings for customers um, and maybe this has been good for our industry to kind of give us a bit of a <clears throat> bit of a spur to do something new for customers well paul thank you very much for your insights uh, i hope that you stay safe and hope to catch up with you once the uh, lockdown has eased um so again thank you very much thank you jonathan it's nice to talk to you and uh, stay safe yourself just a reminder that this is part of the Motor Mouth podcast series, which we are using to promote the Motor Insurance World event. This has been rearranged for the 15th of September, so please stay tuned for more details as the revised agenda will be announced shortly. Until the next podcast, as Paul says, stay safe and thank you very much for listening. Cheerio. Cheerio.